0: You're listening to I Have Some Notes, a proud member of the Alberta Podcast Network. Locally grown, community supported. Hey Greg, I have a pitch for the final installment of the final trilogy of Star Wars. Oh sweet, what do you have for me? Well, it's it's not really a pitch for me per se, rather it's a pitch for some other interested parties. Like who? Well, the loudest segments of the internet, anxious Disney executives who wish they were in the Marvel offices, and the cruel mistress of time. Everyone has some notes.
1: Welcome, everyone, to I Have Some Notes, the movie podcast with cuts, keeps, punch-ups, and tweaks for mediocre movies as suggested by you. I'm your host, Liam Kreswick. I'm Scott C. Bourgeois. I'm Greg Beaver. And for our season finale episode, we thought we would uh, take on the uh, final boss of modern <laughs> mediocre movies. Uh, <laughs> and we have uh, we are discussing today uh, the 2019 film Star Wars Episode Nine: The Rise of Skywalker. Does film have quotes around it?
0: I yeah, it, yeah. Do people <laughs> do people have opinions on this movie? Or are there? Are there strong thoughts about this film on the internet? Yeah, well,
1: <laughs> strong thoughts on on the internet are what got us here too. So you know, like, <laughs> they're literally our bread and butter. Oh, I just mean like the, You know, people had such such reactions to um, the Last Jedi that this this movie. I've I've never I've never seen a movie so willing to cow to like other than them changing ugly Sonic to to normal Sonic. Um, I don't think I've ever seen a movie buckle. To, to internet loudness like this movie has yeah but the Sonic people were right like, yeah that's Sonic. right yeah <laughs>
2: occasionally they weren't,
1: bullying, they weren't bullying Sonic for being an Asian woman like it's-
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah occasionally fans are correct but uh but not always <laughs> it's not always a good way to make an entire movie that's for sure yeah so this
1: was I mean we uh, my second time watching it this week what uh, what about you guys I saw it in theaters what you guys?
0: I saw it opening night with friend of the podcast, uh, Robin from Cinematological. Mm-hmm. Um, his, he was supposed to go with his son, and his son had to back out for some reason at the last minute. He just had a free ticket. He didn't want it to go to waste, and I was available. And we left, and we went and spent half an hour at a burger joint dissecting everything that we hated about it. <laughs> 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 um, I got to see it for free on opening night, and I wanted my money back. Like it was, it was really bad.
1: I I also saw it with, with friend of the pod, Robin, uh, Robin Slack and, and Glenna Showalter. Uh, Glenna booed when they kissed at the end.
0: Really? Um, Were you in my showing? Because there were some girls who loudly booed the kiss at the end at the back of the theater. I was in,
1: (laughs) I got to believe it's not an isolated incident. That's like the, the, the right reaction.
0: Um, Wow, that's. I honestly, I don't remember ever hearing people actively boo in a movie theater before yeah. until I saw this movie.
1: Greg, Greg, what Robin did you see this movie with?
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, I saw it with my
2: wife. No Robin to my recollection, but I'm sure there could have been. It was a packed theater, so I'm sure there could have been a Robin in there somewhere. I, I saw this, I saw it in Red Deer, in the Red Deer Theater, like uh, several weeks after it had uh, premiered. So. What it was was already out there right mm-hmm. the it was clear that like, you know uh, the critics hated it a lot of fans hated it so I was going into it already with with pretty low expectations and it was just kind of like one of those things where like wow I gotta see the Star Wars um and and even with those low expectations set it, it really just exceeded all of them I, like <laughs> I was I was uh floored by how terrible it was
1: <laughs> yeah it it's we we were discussing in our group chat. Like I'm often the cynical one who who has a hard time choking down movies like RoboCop 2016 that seem like sort of crash, crap. <clears throat> pardon me, crass commercial cash grabs. Um, and I would say maybe the first two in this trilogy are that. This is this is another beast. This is <laughs> this is a product. Of the way Frankenstein is a product, <laughs> like you can see the seams on this thing. Like, oh yes. You can see where different parts
2: have been bolted on. I, I I wrote on the ISM Notes Twitter that relative to its position in pop culture and the level of talent involved in its production, this is the worst movie ever made. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah, considering how many people's time it wasted, like talented <laughs> people's time it squandered.
0: Well, and yeah, people, like I, people who legitimately are now like, I'm never going to do another Star Wars movie. Like they had that bad a time with it.
2: Like David Weiss and and and, and Benioff of Game of Thrones had to be, feel relieved <laughs> after <Yeah>. <laughs> after <laughs> least Star least Wars came out. Good. Like, yeah, like wow, at least we're only the second worst
1: botched franchise of all time. I, I love that comparison, um, as, like, you know, people who can't stick the landing <laughs> in, the, in the Zero Hour, but I, the thing that baffles me with this one is that this came out Christmas 2019, and the Mandalorian first season was dropping, like, either just before just after, or even, this might have come out midway through the season, I don't quite remember, but Mandalorian was popping off, and it's baffling to be like, how did this come out of the same studio? Like, yeah. how, did, how did this? Like, like, imagine going to a restaurant and being like, I want a cheesy noodle dish, and somebody gets like the best baked mac and cheese with like truffle oil, and then somebody else gets craft dinner that they managed to fuck up, and it's like, <laughs> it's the same kitchen made it. How do you?
0: <laughs> how did this happen? Yeah. How did this? How did we get here? <laughs> I think a lot of people are asking, How did this happen in regards yeah. to this movie? Because, oh boy. It's a mess. Um, <laughs> and part of the challenge for us in this episode, and we, we set this out for ourselves pretty early on, we can only fix this movie because obviously this is a flawed trilogy. People have issues with all three of them. And we explicitly stated we cannot touch the first two movies. We're going into this with the assumption they're made. We can only fix mm-hmm. this one. And that that's going to be hard for all of us, I think.
1: Yeah. That's not even a, a courtesy that the people making this movie got because it was my understanding certain things because this movie was shooting as um last Jedi was like coming out, they were like yo can you can you say something about a dyad in the force in a d r in, in last <laughs> Jedi, please? So even they didn't have this yeah. luxury yeah <laughs> or uh, uh, constraint,
2: yeah, can we get a a temperature check on how we all feel about the this
0: trilogy at large? It's the worst Star Wars trilogy. I don't think that's a hot take. (laughs) I'd rather, I'd rather watch all three prequel movies again than this. If you, if you ask, if you had me at gunpoint and told me I had to watch either the prequel trilogy or the sequel trilogy, I'd pick the prequel trilogy every time. Yeah. 100% of the time. Yeah. This, Um. that at least is fun. It's coherent. Um, It's got one guiding vision and whether or not you agree with that vision, it, it gives the three movies a sort of through line that makes sense and Mm-mm. and there's a logic to it um this is just all over the place like it's it's such uh, it it's, it comes from a position of needing to be such a product it has too many hands on it um there was clearly no major guiding principle at first outside of maybe just a few little notes here and there and like the whole trilogy suffers for it and especially this last movie most of all uh so yeah it's it's the worst star wars trilogy Greg, what
1: about, you know, I know you're a big Star Trek nerd. I know you love well, I-,
0: I was. Yes,
1: you're a big Star Trek nerd. So how do you feel about Star Wars? Did I go on record on this podcast as saying I don't
2: like Star Wars <laughs> anymore? <laughs> like, <laughs> And uh, I mean, to I still, love, I still like the original trilogy. I'm, I'm not sure when it is I'm going to go back to it, though, at this point. Because it's one of those things where it just feels like I've seen so much... I've seen so much bad Star Wars at this point that like I'm going to need a lot of space uh, from it no in order intended. to go back and sort of <laughs> yeah exactly to in, in order to sort of enjoy it. But like this particular trilogy, I I think, and this is not something new. It's not a revelation or anything, but you know it's just so bogged down in uh, all the nostalgia trips, and and I include the Last Jedi in in all of this. Like it's. The biggest problem is is like most of the main characters don't get any great development. There's good ideas in all of them. Um I think Finn as a as a reformed star trooper is like one of the more fresh ideas that Star Wars has had recently in the movie franchise but like shame they don't do the, much with it. No, they do they almost do nothing with it. And and like Rey is I don't know like Rey barely feels like a character to me. I don't I never felt at any point that I really had a handle on what her goal is or what what she wanted. Almost by design, her backstory was kept so mysterious that it actually kind of hurt the character, I think, um, because there's just no talking about, like, you know, her past or anything like that, right? So um you just didn't get a good sense of who the character was. But there was a, there was a moment in The Last Jedi, because I rewatched this whole trilogy before this pa- podcast, which I do no, not I- recommend. It's a bad idea. Yeah, I <laughs> do. <laughs> um, but there's a moment in The Last Jedi where Luke is so disenchanted with the, um, the Jedi that he goes to burn down... All the the Jedi texts and that like tree thing. I don't know if you guys remember this yep. scene. This yep. is the, this is the scene where Yoda shows up, and then yep. they have like a like a brief heart to heart. And while I understand why that scene is there, um, the trouble with it is like it's like <laughs> that movie feels like it's Luke Skywalker's movie when it shouldn't be right like it, like luke skywalker is the one that has the the journey and then ray is just kind of like along for the ride for the most part she doesn't really have like a choice and change or anything like that to that uh, to speak of in that movie uh whereas you know luke skywalker is the one making the choice to actually confront kylo ren um after having decided that he sh- he shouldn't right so, like so the rest of the trilogy suffers from that because they spend most of the time trying to uh, give all of the original characters uh, their due. And I think the only one that it really works for is Han Solo. Um, mm-hmm. The rest of them, and obviously, I mean, Carrie Fisher doesn't work for Leia because uh, she unfortunately passed away uh, before they can complete the film. So I'm sure the rise of Skywalker really suffers from that. Cause I understand that uh the last movie was supposed to be Leia's movie. But again, like it's so weird that that's what they wanted to do. Like this is going to be Han's movie, then Luke's movie. And then like, but what about the new characters that you interjected? Like, like I feel that's part of what makes it to me feel like, like a product more than anything. Mm -hmm. Uh, And, and why I'm not really having that much fun uh, when I'm watching these movies, uh, even on a rewatch, like, um, you know, the, the first uh, couple acts of the, the, the force awakens uh, are pretty solid right up until Han Solo shows up, and that's where it starts falling apart. But like, that's where like these are all new characters. You're having fun being introduced to them. They have a lot of the same sort of beats that you're used to in Star Wars and stuff like that. So it feels like fresh and but familiar as well like it like you're waiting to see what's going to happen and then the nostalgia trip shows up and that after Han shows up that fucking doesn't stop until uh the (laughs) biggest uh, nostalgia orgy i've ever seen comes at the rise of skywalkers so yeah yeah, like i just like it it just it's his own worst enemy um like the it's it's like the franchise sort of
1: started eating itself by the end yeah, I, I think that's a, a good point. Just about how they these aren't these are supposed to be about the new characters, but they're really about these old characters. And they, I mean, I guess the prequels kind of do that, and it's like setting up. It's like, oh, we're gonna set up where they all come from, and yeah. then it's like, why wouldn't the the the, the follow up sequel be like, well, let's put them all to bed now? Um, <laughs> yeah, like I
2: to a certain extent I get it, but like I don't know <laughs> it, it. It's just like their story ended. And the biggest yeah. problem with this to me with this trilogy is like I never under, really understood where the for- first order came from, right? It's never explained. Like,
0: no, like so much like, else.
2: <laughs> but but because it do- because they don't even really touch on the the transition, it feels like the journey of the characters then in, in the original trilogy was all for nothing. Yeah. Like it feels like they it feels like they didn't accomplish anything. It feels like because you know when you when you meet them in the in the Force Awakens like everything's right exactly back to
0: where it was it's like, actually the, worse than where it was Yeah, it seems that way doesn't it all yeah because
2: there's like there's like like a, a, a fucking system killer instead well, of a planet killer
0: not just that but i mean just take a look at the individual characters han solo has a whole journey in the original trilogy and at the beginning of uh, of this trilogy in the force awakens he's lost everything he's lost his yeah. son he's lost his wife he's even lost his iconic ship he is a loser. Um, And that completely undercuts and undermines literally all of his character development in the first trilogy. And, and that's true for Luke becoming a hermit and abandoning everybody. That's true for like pretty much everything.
1: So my temperature on these, I kind of, I don't hate the last Jedi. I liked that Ryan Johnson does something. If only it lets you start talking about, be like, dude, you got to watch brick like the best part of <laughs> the last jedi is it's an excuse to recommend brick to people and uh, knives um, out for that matter and yeah precisely
0: Brian johnson um, makes a yeah, good mystery
1: yeah i'm uh, i've i've never been a big i like i like star wars because i like science fiction and big fancy blockbuster movies um I, I, I don't have a lot of like deep love for it other than than certain things uh like knights of the old republic sick um you know um, I will go to Bat for the Last Jedi. The Force Awakens was just like, hey, here's, do you remember this thing? Like, it's just, <laughs> here's some nostalgia. And that's why this, this one is just like, each, that's, these three movies aren't even cohesive in what's wrong or absurd or unlikable about them. They're all kind of contemptible <laughs> for different reasons. Like, yeah. but uh, let's give credit where credit is due. This is, of course, <laughs> directed by JJ J. Abrams, um, <clears throat> who I, I feel so, so baffled. Like, I, I you get the impression he was really just like between a rock and a hard place. Like he's like, right, I wish I hadn't signed like the 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 bit in a new hope when you know what it reminds are, me of. This the... deal's getting worse all the time. <laughs> <I don't> <laughs> it
2: it reminds me of uh, Peter Jackson coming back for the Hobbit when yeah. he when he when he didn't really want to do it in the first place and then they and they were like, oh, I
1: guess I guess if no one else is going to, I guess I will. So either way, I think the Wachowskis nailed it with Matrix Revolution or Resurrections, where it's like, look, if you're going to make it, then fine, give it to me, and I'm going to make a movie about how you're making me do this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <It> was wonderful. <laughs> uh, written for the screen by uh, Chris Terrio, who did Batman v Superman, so mm, Star Wars record on this guy's resume. Uh, and J.J. Abrams, uh, of course, starring <clears throat> Daisy Ridley as Rey, John Boyega as Finn, Oscar Isaac as Poe. Adam Driver as Kylo Ren, Carrie Fisher as Leia uh, Organa, but it's a lot of archive footage, uh, and of course Mark Hamill as Luke Skywalker, and uh, old uh, 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 Harrison Ford shows up there too
0: to play Chewie's friend. I mean, in fairness, (laughs) and I want to be clear on this, this cast is an embarrassment of riches for this movie. Like, they're all Mm -hmm. very good actors. And... I'm sad that they had to do this movie. Um like legitimately I mean, I,
1: everyone the the production like the the concept art people the the sets look the great, best the boy grip.
0: Look- I feel bad for the best boy <laughs> grip having had to work on this movie. because the, 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 <laughs> like, with the
1: exception of maybe JJ Abrams the decision makers weren't the creative people. No. Like we we said in the opening it was the loudest part of the internet yeah. and studio executives who who wanna make bank and and have a second Marvel like Disney was like we're crushing it with this Marvel stuff let's do it again like as if it's Marvel isn't
0: lightning in a bottle yeah basically yeah. just roll the credits of this movie and say sorry as every name goes by <laughs> <laughs> so sorry
3: so sorry
1: uh, let's, uh, let's hit the trailer summary and, and talk we'll t- talk about this movie now not the, not the trilogy <laughs> it's an instinct
3: feeling, the force brought us together,
1: long have I waited, and now, you're coming together.
2: Undoing. What, uh, what are you doing there, 3PO? Taking one last look, sir.
1: At my friends.
3: Confronting fear. It's the destiny of a Jedi. Destiny, (laughs) the force will be with you always.
0: Kylo Ren has found a map. A map to Luke Skywalker at last? No, a map to Emperor Palpatine, who's back somehow. Why is this galaxy seemingly full of maps that lead to specific people? I don't know, the Force did it probably. Anyway, Palpatine bids Ren to go find Rey and kill her. Meantime, Poe and Finn report Palpy's return to Rey, who discovers another map to him in Luke Skywalker's notes. But before they can find that map, they need to find a knife. Because the knife has where the map is written on it, you see. Are you following? Are you on the edge of your seat yet? What wild map adventures are gonna happen next? A bunch of stuff happens, including the reveal that Rey is a Palpatine, and they finally get to read the stupid knife and it says the map is on the Death Star. Remember the Death Star? In this movie it is. The stage is set for Kylo and Rey to fight on the ruins of nostalgia. Kylo dies, Rey heals him, Han Solo briefly comes back, Rey and Kylo go fight Palpatine with the help of Lando Calrissian, and Disney makes a billion dollars.
1: You guys, did you guys play Fortnite? Nope. Nope. Do <laughs> <laughs> you guys like you guys like Fortnite? <laughs> um, yeah. The the <laughs> let's start at the start of this one. The,
3: <laughs> the fact that they chose the, the origin a, tale,
1: <laughs> like it's, it's a it, it would be a very questionable choice to have Emperor Palpatine come back for this movie for no reason and with no explanation. It's it, it that in a vacuum is absurd. But the fact that it was revealed in Fortnite is, it just tickles me. It just makes it, (laughs) it it just shows the, the absurd, like it, it absolutely, if there was ever a doubt, this movie was made by executives with, with so many other interests at heart, specifically dollar sign based interests, that there's no, no creative person who cared about Star Wars would let that happen that way. You know what I mean? Um, and <laughs> the other thing with the Star Wars that I... that I Or with the Star Wars. With the Fortnite bit that I love. Um, uh, my brother, uh, uh, very... Doesn't... Not a big movie guy. Very knowledgeable. Like, music, big video game lore. Follow his Twitch channel, playthrough crew. He, like... he's He's got his stuff that he's a deep nerd on. But he's not a big movie guy. He saw this flick and he's like, I don't know, man. It was a fun space adventure. What do, what do you... I, like ate some popcorn, went to the movies, who cares. I was trying to explain to him why he should feel like this movie was actively trying to insult his intelligence. Wouldn't buy it. Was like, don't, I had a good time at the movies, don't ruin this for me. Fast forward to Christmas uh, 2019. Um, The Return of the Jedi happens to be on television. We happen to be in the third act, and we happen to see the scene where Emperor Palpatine gets thrown into a hole and the Death Star is blown up. And I was like, Andrew, the next time we hear from this character is in Fortnite. <laughs> like he's, he, we just watched him blow up. He's gonna show up in Fortnite next, canonically. And he's like, "Okay, I, I'm beginning to see your point." Is, is. I mean, yeah, like,
2: I like, I like, I like to say that, like, you know, like any way that you experience art and enjoy art um, is is valid. And Mm -hmm. and if you if you watch this movie and you enjoyed this movie, uh God love you. Um, but I do not understand you.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Is this movie art or is this movie just product? And I realize that's me saying this instead of Liam, who's usually the person who says this. (laughs) And I'm gonna say what you should
1: say to me whenever I try to pull a shit on like complaining about Robocop twenty sixteen or whatever. Artistic people worked on it. Yes. At the direction of people who are serving many masters. Uh, and in the case of something like RoboCop, it was like... Some movie execs wanted a bankable name in a movie theater for a certain quarter. Great. In the case of this, it's like they're catering to, like... Weird fan nerds on the internet who have strong feelings about... How much time Kelly Marie Tran gets to be on screen. And, like, <laughs> you know... all Just, like, there's dollars... Like, you remember this was promoted on Bananas, this movie? Like... You go to a grocery yep. store buy bananas and you were informed there's a new Star Wars movie on the banana sticker. <laughs> like it <laughs> like, it's the whole th- it's it goes beyond product it's just like a, a money hose. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Yeah, I've heard, I have a really broad definition of art. Like, like I, I think product is art, and art is product, regardless of like how you feel about yeah. it. Is it like is, the, is there's the difference is like is it good or bad art? And that's like you know whatever, whatever. Like I consider like road signs art because, like when you when it you have to design a sign that people yeah. read and and conceive clearly and all that kind of stuff. Like there's artistry that goes into it, like, however little it is. That some of it, mm-hmm. um. But yeah, like you know, there's 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 a certain point where that really starts to like the the art product sort of like it's like a gradient, right?
3: It, <laughs> like this yeah, is like
1: very you know, much. this is probably I, I think heavily on um, the gradient on the Robocop one, and yeah. I believe it is the difference between El Topo and the Paw Patrol movie. <laughs> Those are the two extremes of the thing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, like. I mean, if we're starting
2: at the start, let's, let's just start with the opening crawl, which is, which is immediately where I felt the like everything, speak. uh, yeah, where everything goes wrong almost right off the bat. I mean, I, I like, I don't, I never, I, I, this movie suffers from not only is it a technically poorly made film, <laughs> uh, which is shocking. Uh, again, like I said, off the top with, with all the, the, the talent involved. Um, but, it, it it is also a film that is full of terrible ideas, uh, from the multiple uh, map MacGuffins, um, mm-hmm. which was driving me absolutely insane because it was dumb in the fucking uh, Force Awakens. I did not like the map to, to Luke Skywalker. Why do people have maps to that are pointing to? I don't get that. Um, and and. For some reason, JVJ Abrams was like, "Now nah, I'm going to do it a bunch." Uh, what, what I'm also thinking, like, uh, uh, for bad ideas, uh, all the you know, all the fake-out deaths, uh, injecting at the last minute some depth for for Poe Dameron, as, a, as like he, he you know he's a he's a spice trader something or other before, which you know has nothing to do with anything. He did Like, there's nothing, nothing comes of that. And there's, it doesn't actually add any depth to his character because it doesn't inform anything that he does. Uh,
0: Here's the thing. It's like they were trying to set him up for an arc in this movie, but it's, it's done at the end of like act one. And then he Mm -hmm. has nothing else. (laughs) No. No.
1: So the, at least they give him an arc that finishes at some point in the movie. They don't just leave
0: Finn Like Finn gets left hanging. Yeah. Finn keeps, keeps telling Ray he has something to tell her and never does. (laughs)
1: Yeah. That was one of my notes when I came out of the theater. I was like, what did he want to tell her? He, he said it a couple times. Yeah. <laughs> days. Yeah, yeah. That, that bit to, is just,
2: yeah, that's so, sh- that's another thing that's just shocking about the movie is like that in, in a, in a franchise film like this, that like an obvious plot thread gets dropped like that. Like mm-hmm. it, it's, it's rare. Like, like plot threads get dropped all the time in, in blockbuster movies. That's not new, but, Um, ones that are like so specific and positing a specific question, that's, that's strange. That's strange Mm -hmm. that that got missed. Like, how do you, how do you get the, to the end of your screening with all your, all your people around you and like nobody so went it
1: raise their hand Yeah, no, did
2: nobody like i i mean i assume that they did and they were just like wow well, we can't do anything about it now because we didn't we're we have to release in two months and we we shot everything we were gonna shoot is that's my guess what happened yeah this, was this like, movie whoops. is
1: audacious in what it thinks it can get away with like
2: yeah so yeah trafficking in bad ideas and then just made very technically poorly which is uh, just it it's a disaster I would rather watch the room over and over again because yeah. that is far more interesting. <laughs> this was exhausting.
1: It, this movie really does inspire like a cinema sin style, like a list of multiple specific grievances anybody paying half the amount of attention would have. Like like I don't like that sort of cinema sin style of criticism, yeah, no. but truly like bullet point list <laughs> here on Rise of Skywalker. Like <laughs> It's hard Takeout Deaths, the yeah.
2: It's hard to even talk about uh the plot because like if uh, like when when you sit down and think about it for a while it really just feels like um a bunch of um almost th- I mean they are related but th- like the way that they're pl- the way that they play out they feel like a bunch of unrelated scenes because everything happens so
0: fast. Well not just um, that. Everything's contrived. Yeah. Like, they yeah. happen to go to the place where they happen to run into the ship, but they don't need to get to the ship because they happen to run into the thing they needed on the ship after they happen to fall into the exact specific cave, and they happen to end up on the planet that happens to have the Death Star, and the knife happens to point at the exact <laughs> spot on the Death Star. Like, <laughs> it's it's complete it, – everything is a coincidence in this movie. There's no there's yeah. no cause. There's no consequences. It's nothing. It's just – stuff just happens. Yeah, that, it really. Yeah, it's,
1: it's that's a good way to put it.
0: Nothing, nothing
1: is set up or paid off. No,
0: no, that's exactly right. There is no setup and there is no payoff. It's just stuff happens. Okay, so I gotta ask
1: then before we go any farther. Um, what did we like about this movie?
0: Huh? And I'm going to
1: say Babu Frick before anybody else gets to.
0: Yeah, uh, <laughs> he only, He's only composited into the final battle because Steven Spielberg walked out of that theater in the initial test screening and went, what happened to that little puppet? Because his planet was exploded. He probably died. Yeah. Um, but nobody can yeah, die in yeah. this movie. It's all fake outs. Yeah. Except unless, you're, unless you're Carrie Fisher, unfortunately, because she really did die. So this actually might be a hot take. Here's something I really liked,
1: and every other person I've seen discussing this movie has called it one of the contrivances you were mentioning, and perhaps one of the most egregious contrivances, whereas I was like, this is actually, I thought it was very endearing and funny both times I watched this movie. I like that C-3PO can translate it, but he's not allowed to say it. <laughs> I was like, that's actually really funny and clever. I always thought that was a, f- a neat twist where he's like, oh, I can tell you, but I'm just not allowed to. Yeah, you. because this whole
2: thing throughout the all the entire series of movies is that he he's able to speak any language. And then just yeah. like, yeah, when they when they need him to do his job, this, this one time when it's the most important, he can't.
0: So yeah, I can so, see yeah. that. I actually... I will give a straight-up kudos to C-3PO in this movie. I think he might be the best character in the film. He gets a great arc. <laughs> he has he a gets, great you know, arc. He, and he unfo- makes a noble sacrifice. And unfortunately, it get, he gets the legs cut out of that when he just fake-out death, just another fake-out death for C-3PO. But, uh, but overall, he has a great arc in the movie. He's probably the standout character.
2: <laughs> I mean, great for Anthony Daniels, I guess. Uh, well, things, I, things I liked... Um. Okay, so the idea of uh, stormtroopers um, rebelling, I think, is a great one. I think that is definitely something that's unique to to Star Wars that I don't think I've seen in any other film. I don't know if they happen in the television show at all. I don't. I haven't watched almost any of them. Uh, but like, I would have actually liked to have seen a, you know, a, a film that was sort of like built off of that, off of the, you know, because like that would certainly give um, uh, Finn a whole lot more to do and a lot it, more agency. It should have
1: been what he was doing through this movie. Yep. Um, yeah. So I was going to say, I was like, what did you like about this movie? And you're like, oh, when, when stormtroopers uh, uh, turn, turn heel or like, you know, turncoat and I'm like, that happened in Force Awakens. That's, we haven't seen that in three movies. <laughs> um. I don't think it happens here, Um. but it should have.
2: Yeah. Yeah, like like I think like I mean I, I obviously that idea is like it, like is the the genesis of it is in the the Force Awakens but just like mm-hmm. the idea that like it wasn't just a one off. It was like uh-huh. there was there's a whole bunch of sort of like stormtrooper refugees living and trying to survive and I like that to me was really interesting and it's just like unfortunate that um, these characters who have kind of like, I mean, uh, like they've got some great costuming. They've got like this sort of unique element to them where they're, they're living off the land and they've got these uh, alien horses and stuff like that. Like, I thought that the sort of bones of their story and how they looked was really cool. Um, but just like nothing again, like everything else in this movie, nothing was done with them. And like, like, like Finn's relationship to what's her name? Uh, Tana, Anna, I can't remember. Um, the one Star trooper that they, that they meet, they say like three lines to one another. And then the movie thinks that they have like this deep emotional connection. And that drove me up the wall. It's <laughs> so mad. And that's most, most of the time that's what's going on in, in the, uh, the rise of Skywalker is like the movie posits something with like a line or two, and then expects you to just get on board and that's the kind of thing you were talking about, out at the top, Liam, where it's just like insulting your intelligence. That it it yeah. doesn't have to work for it. It's Star Wars. It does, I don't have yeah. to work for it. Star Wars. You love it. You love it when characters
1: smile at each other. It means they love. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. That's why we get to have a little a little smoochy smooch at the end.
1: <laughs>
0: Ugh. Yeah. Uh, and you, you was your favorite part of this? I already said uh, it was C three PO. Um, and I've been racking my brain while Greg was talking, trying to find <laughs> one other thing to pull out of this movie that I liked, and I'm I'm drawing a kind of blank.
1: So yeah one of the one of the things I think that's tricky with with this one is because everyone has such big opinions on it, um, and the uh, the problems are so manyed and obvious and glaring. It's it's kind of hard to come with something like new to point out about it that hasn't already been said. Um. So, with those two things in mind of uh, some hot new ideas and everyone's got some opinions, uh, I say we head over to the second half now. Talk about what we got for this, and oh boy, did our listeners chime in as well. So we want to <laughs> yes. make, make time for that. So uh, yeah, let's uh, let's go over to the uh, the second half here. Hear from our friends at the Alberta Podcast Network.
2: pod power our sponsors are making it possible to amplify the voices of albertans and alberta podcasters this episode the edmonton community foundation is helping us give a pod power shout out to your forest your forest is a podcast about the natural world hear stories about the environment renewable resources conservation forestry hunting fishing and more this is a podcast for those who cannot live without the joys and wonders of all things wild Find Your Forest wherever you get your podcast, or at yourforestpodcast.com. That's yourforestpodcast.com.
0: Looking for a way to give back? ATB Cares makes it easy for all Albertans to support the causes they care about. Donate to your favorite charity through ATB Cares, and ATB will match 20% of every dollar donated to eligible Alberta charities. To learn more and donate, visit atbcares.com. Welcome back to I have some
1: notes we are discussing rise of Skywalker uh, and we we got fixes. Uh, it, it seemed daunting at first, but as I was watching it, I was like, there's there's elements here that definitely with hindsight we can fix.
0: All right, well I'll I'll go first with the most obvious one. This is super mm-hmm. low hanging fruit. Get rid of Palpatine. <laughs> he bringing <laughs> in a brand new villain literally out of the blue, uh it's commented on, one of Poe's lines is, is actually Psy somehow Palpatine returned. Like the dead speak. Yeah, that it, it's so out of the blue, it's so out of left field, and it's so late in the project that it's it's like glaring, and it's problematic and it derails so much. And it's side and and once again it was like we were talking about before how all of the new characters feel sidelined in these movies. Well now we've also sidelined the main villain, Kylo ren and we've introduced yeah. an, a new bigger bad. <laughs>
1: yeah. um, gotta get to, yeah. So
0: get rid of him. You don't need Palpatine in the film. You've double in on Kylo, who in the previous films has two times now rejected redemption. He's all in on being a bad guy. Let him be the bad guy. He's got General Hux point. there as a secondary villain. You you could bring back Captain Phasma. She fell into a pit that doesn't kill anybody in Star Wars. You you have you have your big evil triumvirate. Have them be the big bads in the final movie and build around that, and build around the idea that for the that in this movie the bad guy doesn't want redemption. He wants to be a bad guy. It's his deliberate it. choice and. And there you go. You've got a villain.
1: That I love. That I hadn't even thought about the fact because I, I I didn't rewatch Force Awakens before watching this, but I did rewatch Last Jedi. And yeah, he he re he gets his chance multiple multiple times, especially because I think the plan was to have Leia be the catalyst for that. Well, if Carrie Fisher died, that's like the universe telling you, like, don't let me, he. No one is gonna save this yeah. guy.
0: he doesn't want to be saved. He wants to be Darth Vader. He's made his choice, and now he has to deal with the consequences of it, which is he gets beaten by the good guys. <laughs> Dude, I can, I okay,
1: I I think you you are that is how you do it if you cut Palpatine entirely. Uh, I love that insight. If you have to keep Palpatine. If Palpatine
0: has to show up in the movie. If Kathleen Kennedy is holding a gun to your head saying
1: Palpatine (laughs) is in this movie. She's like, look, we already told the kids on Fortnite. It's going (laughs) to happen. If you have to keep I can still, I love all of that um, to motivate, like it actually his like being all in on being a bad guy um, bolsters my pitch for how you keep Palpatine in this. Um, You don't tell us right at the start, like in the title crawl. And then within the first 15, 20 minutes of the movie, he is standing face to face with Palpatine. Um, And Palpatine's like, go kill Ray and I'll give you everything. And he goes, okay, Matt, like, doesn't say master, but he's like, okay, I'll, I'll do your bidding. And it's like, there's no surprise. Like the, they, they, it is in the title crawl. They waste no time telling you that Palpatine is back. And that could have been a fun reveal. And so, how I see it building is you start with um, start with uh, Kylo looking for some Sith MacGuffin. This movie has like fifteen MacGuffins. I want to cut it down to two or three. So if you're on <laughs> my pitch, I'm gonna I'm gonna be saying like some fucking MacGuffin. I don't care. Um, um, he's looking for some Sith MacGuffin because he's hearing these voices in his head. He can't tell if it's Vader. He can't tell if it's something else. He can't tell if it's you know um, Snoke. Uh, Snoke, right? He's hearing these voices, and he's looking for this MacGuffin. Great. Meanwhile, the literal first thing Rey says in this movie as it stands is like, I've been hearing these voices. I bet it's all the Jedi talking to me as I do my training. So immediately we establish both of them are hearing voices of the dead. Um, Get to Rey later. I don't really have a fix for her storyline. Just looking at Kylo and the Emperor. It starts to escalate. These voices are, oh, it's definitely the Emperor. Oh, and it's like, he's Force Ghost. Like, because he's dead, so he's going to be a ghost. Just like all the other Jedis and Sith that die and show up as a ghost. Yeah. Right? Now we got him hanging over his shoulder as a ghost. Really just being like, you're you're evil and you love it. And he's like, ooh, yeah, I'm evil and I love it. Maybe he's even, like, showing up like Luke did in Last Jedi, where he's, like, ma- almost manifesting himself.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and that's where we learn that that um, Pride guy um is also... Taking orders from a Pal like Palpatine, but like he's not force sensitive. How is he getting? How's he getting communications? Um, from like it's one thing for Kylo to be getting it, but how's this Pride guy getting it? Right? Um, yada yada yada. The, the main thing, um, Palpatine is goading him into doing is like bring Rey to Exegol. Here's here's how you get there. Doesn't need to be. <laughs> I'll tell you bring her to me i want you both here because she's my granddaughter and you're gonna rule together she's gonna turn i'll help you get her to turn get both of you here uh and then kylo turns around and is like ray you like goads her um doesn't even say like you gotta come with me is like tries to piss her off tries to make her angry tries to get the hate to flow through her and she takes the bait and follows him to exegol Leaves the resistance behind because there's an early line where Poe is like, we needed you out there. Where were you? That never really gets picked up again. So she she cuts and runs to go to Exegol with him. The rest of it can kind of play out the same. It's way later in the movie, second half in the movie, where we see Exegol, the tomb, the, the pickled Snoke heads, the reveal that he's got these weird little Sith druids working for him. Um, and he's not dead. He's like low key, like he is in the movie. Just basically the same thing we see uh, Kylo show up to, but it's way later, and it's Ray and Kylo's first time there together. And Palpatine has kind of been playing everybody, and he wants Ray and one of the MacGuffins that Kylo is chasing because he needs it for his plan. He needs Ray and some MacGuffin, and he's like Kylo, I don't need you. Fuck you, you're out of here. Don't need you. And that's when he goes to redemption, when he's finally like, I'm never gonna get to be the biggest, baddest guy. I guess I'll listen to my mom. So that's Kylo. Um sorry if I'm rambling, but there's a lot of stakes to it. Sure. The 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 one of the things that bugged me the most about this flick was the ships coming up out of Exegol. Who made them?
0: How Who's are they
1: fanning Yeah, with them? how are they all fully staffed? How are they fully? St- How do they have the the weapon that the Death Star had? The whole thing was you needed a moon sized space station to fire that weapon, and now you're just slapping them on star destroyers. It's just very petty. It's really like you know, like, well, if one star destroying ship is scary, a hundred star destroying ships are scary. A yeah, fleet of like, fully functional. JJ, you Death can do better stars. than that. Yeah, yeah. A bunch more Death Stars is not the answer. It's like, especially because it already went. You know, Death Star. Half-built Death Star, the the system killer thing from Force Awakens where they mounted a big gun onto a planet. Star Killer Base. Palpatine's plan, what he wanted Rey and some MacGuffin for, was to turn Exegol into a literal Death Star. It's a Sith graveyard. He is going to get so jacked up on Force Juice that he is going to be able to blast Force lightning, not out of his creepy little fingers, but... Into the galaxy the way the planet-destroying laser did of the Death Star. He is going to turn Exegol into a big fuck-you laser, just like every other movie. But it's not a a mechanical space laser. It's just Sith evil magic energy ripping out of the planet in lightning bolts. Um, And then, if you need a space battle, you use the First Order. Um, I have more, but I kind of feel like I've been rambling. So that's the main... the, 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 like... The hundred Exegol star destroyers with planet-killing weapons on them was absurd. Having, uh, what's-his-name show up in the first five minutes? Absurd. You just move it all later, and you turn Exegol into a Death Star. Necromantic energy, ripping lightning through space.
2: Interesting. Um, okay, so... Uh, I... The the way I was thinking about how... Palpatine might work is in in service of uh, the other idea I wanted to uh, implement, which was the idea of um, a big stormtrooper rebellion. Uh-huh. Now, part of this idea for me is kind of about um, Star Wars is like the the culture of Star Wars and its sort of weird relationship with fascism you know, Uh because, you know, the, the, the the empire is a fascist dictatorship. And like Darth Vader is for all intents and purposes, he's Hitler, right? He's, he's the guy that went out and slaughtered a religious minority in the canon of this series. Uh Right. And, you know, in, in the, in the sort of space that we live in now with, with, you know fascism sort of on the rise it's just i'm looking for something to be uplifting and hopeful uh, about you know you know being able to to counter uh, that threat and um you know the the idea of, of of stormtroopers turning on the empire is really sort of like speaks to i think some, something that we're sort of like feeling right now um Mm -hmm. and i think it also can be kind of in service of ray's character because um you know a a a group of people who are you know they aren't um their past and they aren't their present they are who they are what they want to do in the future like who who they want to you know who they aspire to be kind of thing and and that can work for ray as well because she you know, if she's going to have kind of like a turn to the to the dark side, um, where she does some sort of like heinous things in the beginning of this movie, you know, then you're you're able to marry her plot along with these um uh rebel uh, sure. stormtroopers yeah. kind of thing. And I also like the idea of because you touched on it, how JJ Abrams wanted to like blow up everything. And I I hate that. Um I, I think part I think what I think what really made, like, The Empire Strikes Back um, a really interesting movie is, like, the, the stakes did not go up. They they contracted, right? Mm-hmm. It was a much more uh, intimate threat. Um, and, you know, obviously culminating in the in the revolution that, like, Darth Vader was Luke's father and stuff like that, right? Like, it's a very – it was a very personal th- uh, uh, threat. It's sort of like an existential one. And bringing bringing the stakes down a little bit, I think actually would help serve uh, the character's journey a lot more, rather than just like, oh, they're gonna blow up entire systems. Uh, I didn't like the idea that they blew up an entire system in the in the Force Awakens. I think it was stupid. But yeah, I digress. Um, one of the listeners had a, a really good point that, like, in the Last Jedi, um, technically you could you could make the argument that. Both the Empire's fleet as well as the Resistance fleet were destroyed, right? Mm-hmm. So now, like, you could make the argument that they could be sort of like on equal footing with maybe the Resistance, not not quite as powerful as the is the Empire, but like that to me makes it more interesting. Like, like they they they're both both of those parties are in need of uh, a a boost to help each other get over one another right mm-hmm. uh, and then you've got the tension within the first order where they're where they're having to deal also with you know all these defectors and things like that and i think that like, just sort of like that that kind of makes it really interesting uh shrinking the stakes down like that and like and and having the empire or the first order have to fight with itself as well as trying to get one over the resistance. I, think that, I yeah. think that makes for a much more interesting movie to me. Um I obviously haven't fleshed out how those plots work, but just I, like I can, those I plots can tell you because
1: I want to go back like okay. reflect on my thing. You have the fact that essentially pride and inadvertently Kylo like from all perspectives Kylo um are help gonna help Build this new Death Star This new lightning planet Exegol, and that's maybe the Bridge too far, maybe that's the like Okay, we're already on the back Foot, there's already, you know, some You know, some of us Having secret meetings with the Emperor Some of us aren't, we're, we're fighting amongst Ourselves, the Stormtroopers are rebelling Phasma's dead so she doesn't Have control over them, and now you're Telling me we're helping build like Death magic? like maybe that you know and it it cannot yeah um
2: i was wondering i was thinking about like what if the what if the exegol isn't uh like a place where palpatine lives um maybe it could be it could be interesting as a, sort of like a sith graveyard i could see that that's right. exactly that's what i have in my notes i just yeah. didn't phrase <laughs> it
1: and he's and I, like i know when we see him the first time he's like all decrepit like he's yeah. the most decrepit he's been i'm thinking almost like vampire tomb style where he's like all but comatose and just having ray and finn or ray and and um kylo show up is enough to like you know kind of wake him up a little um He's got those little druid guys helping him. Um, yeah, it it it's his tomb. It's not his house, yeah. and it's yeah, a Sith graveyard, which is part of why with a catalyst for the the the, the lightning. Now yeah. he did
0: explode at the end of Empire, so I I think I think we have to explain at least why his corpse is back. <laughs> but that's well, that well, might be just me being pedantic. <laughs> I, I mean, it could it could be something
3: like
2: um, you know the planet is sort of like the last vestiges of the, of the Sith. I mean, they are, I think in the lore, they're kind of like a defeated, uh, Mm -hmm. group, right? So like, it's like, it's sort of like a, a a Sith graveyard, but it's also, it's also the place where, Mm -hmm. um, Palpatine had, had created his last vestiges of his fleet. So that because because the, the first order is so destroyed, this is the reason, why they they are looking for exegol is oh, because yeah. is because there's there's uh they they need they need weapons they need to rebuild their fleet and like that and because and the, when the resistance gets wind of that then it becomes a a race to exegol because they need to stop them from rebuilding their fleet right and you know you could tie that into like palpatine in the sense that like because it's sort of like this sith graveyard or whatever the the voices that both ray and kylo ren are being influenced by continue to get
0: stronger and stronger as they get closer uh to mm-hmm. this this uh, sith planet you want there to be some poetry in your star wars I was going to put this out there. If we if we're going to keep the Palpatine thing, and I still think Ray shouldn't be a Palpatine, even if we keep Palpatine, I don't, oh, yeah. I don't sure. Think, yeah, I think that can be easily plucked out. Uh, I think the climax should involve them blowing up the Sith planet for once. the 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 bad guys yeah. have blown up so many good guy planets. I think this time the good guys get to <laughs> blow up the bad guy planet. <laughs> I think I think I legit think like Palpatine Palpatine's not maybe physically alive because I, as I pointed out, he exploded. Um, yeah. but his, his ghost was drawn back to Exegol. Like it's, it's a, it's a crux of, of Sith power. And the only way to stop the Sith and stop this from happening again and to stop them from being able to weaponize this dark Ugh. magic planet is destroy the planet. So Ray in the climax, maybe with Kylo, if, if we are stuck with redeeming him, uses the Sith MacGuffin and turns that power inward and blows up the Sith graveyard.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's sick. Sick. And it makes sense his spirit, you know, he blows up in Jedi, his spirit goes back there because he's, he's. if these are space wizards, he's a space lich. Basically, yeah. And famously, it's his phylactery, it's his horcrux, I, and he goes back to Exegol as a ghost.
0: Yeah. I will say this, this is, a, and this was brought up in a, in a and video. And it's put into Snoke bodies. Yeah. Mm. yeah sorry. He could have been in a Snoke body. That could be something that he could reveal here. Um, but one thing that, there was this video that I was watching, and I'm, I'm going to recommend it Later in the episode, bear with me, which I thought was an interesting look into how this movie came to be. But one of the things that he brought up and one of the things that I legit think was an interesting idea was... Palpatine saying that he wanted to inhabit Ray's body and the implication being that the Sith rule of two, which is canonical there, there's always two Sith, there's the master, the apprentice, the apprentice eventually gets powerful enough to kill the master and take his place but Palpatine seems to imply in the actual film we got that that's a trap, that every time the apprentice gets powerful enough he kills the master and the master's ghost possesses the apprentice and he becomes more powerful in that way, so it's one Sith Who's been like populating throughout and was Palpatine and would have become Vader, um, and is now looking to become Rey. And that that is an interesting mm. concept.
2: Maybe that, that would make mm. sense because like because um uh Palpatine's always like daring people to strike him down. And like yeah. he just he's he's sort of in, in that way it's sort of like uh, what uh Obi Wan said, like if you strike me down, I'm just going to be become more powerful. Perhaps it's still it's like that in the light and the dark. It just works different ways, yeah. right? Like there, but in the dark, it's sort of like a possession, sort of like an evil way of like. Whereas in the light, it's sort of like they it's become the this thing of hope. that becomes yeah, yeah, and they 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 are you know they become something that can be a, a vestige of hope or or help them out in some way yeah. or whatever. Yeah, yeah, you kill,
1: yeah, you kill a martyr, the cause just gets more powerful. Well, not just that, right, yeah. but
0: yeah. for for the yeah. Jedi, when you when when you kill them, they become one with the Force. They become more one with everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas mm-hmm. for the Sith, it just it keeps crystallizing. It keeps consolidating oh, it further keeps and getting
1: further. More oney
0: versus more like all before of us ma- to- more oh, many. Sick. Yeah. So that's an interesting concept to explore. And, I love this movie. And that that ties back into your idea of Palpatine is a lich.
2: <laughs> ooh yeah. ooh ooh! Ideas are happening. Okay, so imagine uh if that's the case. If like if like uh, the sort of like striking each other down now these that Ray and Kylo are sort of like the they're a a dyad they called it right so like they're they're basically become sort of like the la the the epitome of both the light and the dark and you know they're always saying like the force needs to have balance so perhaps like the the only way for them to uh, restore balance to the galaxy is to strike each other down Right, so like the 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 ending is actually both of them
1: st- striking each other down, and that's that's the that is super cool <laughs> and t- uh, technically the correct answer. No way Disney would market that where the two <laughs> heroes stab, them. but having them get like learn to get along is the slightly more toothless version of what you're pitching, where they learn to like. There's always going to be two of us, and as long as we agree not to like tip it one way or another by to like low key cooperate.
2: I, yeah, want yeah, I, <laughs> I want them to chop each other's heads off. I want them to chop
1: each like, <laughs> stab each other at the same time, for sure. Obviously, that'd be more fun. But it, I, I and, really then, love- and then the Sith
0: planet explodes. Yeah.
2: I really love the idea of, like, the, the, the rebels, you know, maybe it could be a sort of like the, the, the resistance as well as with assistance from the the Stormtrooper rebels and stuff like that taking over, like, the last planet-killing ship. Uh, in existence to just you know sort of destroy the uh, the planet. I love that. I also love the idea. I like. I like. I can see the set piece in my mind. I can see Kylo Ren and Ray fighting in the corridors of like the the big juicy space laser. You know that seems like a really Star Warsy type set uh, to me, mm-hmm. and would make for like a really a really great final battle between the two of them
1: love this I love the, the, <laughs> I want to, I want to hear back what we just sort of came. that was we we often do this where we like bounce off each other but this one really did have a nice um uh, pass the baton where we've come up with something that I'm like god damn it I want to listen to back because not we're not taking notes <laughs>
0: <laughs> we don't take notes when we have notes
1: what do we just say um
2: but yeah uh yeah it's just it just seems like it just seems to me that like having the diad have a point to it. Cause I'm not really sure that like the, the diet had a point to it in the, in the rise yeah, of Skywalker. No.
0: <laughs> and I know we said we weren't necessarily going to fix the other two movies because we're, we're only doing this one, but if you really want to pay off Palpatine as a lich, yeah, you, you really did have to start setting it up in the first two movies. Like you had to make oh, yeah. it more clear <laughs> right. that that maybe Kylo Ren was hearing Palpatine's voice or something like that. Or that Snoke Snoke was some sort of weird Sith experiment, uh, or or had Palpatine's spirit in him the whole time. Like you, yeah. you needed yeah. to you needed to plant those seeds early, but. What's gone is gone if we're just even if we're just working with this, there was a better way to set it up for sure.
2: I I really honestly don't mind him as a as a as a force ghost of some kind, if that's the way that you wanted to bring him in, because like at least canonically, that makes sense. Um, And if the good guys
0: can do it, why can't the bad guy do
2: it? Yeah, yeah, and it doesn't feel it doesn't feel cynical or gross, you know, like ah, the the he came back somehow
1: or whatever, you know. Yes, literally somehow, <laughs> and it's not even uh, unbelievable that he he would spend his time as a force ghost figuring out a way to get himself a new body. Yeah, oh, for, for sure. sure yeah. Whereas, like, you know, Liam Neeson's not fretting that he's happy being a sport for force ghost. Absolutely, yep. Yeah. Uh, so I think I think in the in broad strokes we've we've fixed the the, the palpatine problem. Um, but I definitely have a, a one other much more pointed and specific uh, scene I would like to see done completely differently that bugged me the first time I saw it in theaters. They're running they're at the dancing festival of the ancestors. The stormtroopers start chasing them. They fly now, lame, but whatever. And then they end in a, a quicksand pit. That then drops them into just some caves mm-hmm. um, under the quicksand, um, which is <laughs> weird. And then where they land is more or less exactly where um, the 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 speeder bike they were looking
0: for is. Like, so they find the knife or whatever. They you you want to hear about weird? You can even take this back a little further because they th- uh, Kylo Ren force snatches that uh, that necklace off of Ray's neck. Hands it off to one of his science people, who identifies it as being from that planet, and then stormtroopers arrive, and that happens all in the span of five minutes. So, Mm -hmm. that means that the First Order was already on the planet, and at that party, for those stormtroopers to have arrived that fast. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah,
1: it's a lot of a lot of convenience, but I, I was really chapped by the fact that the thing they were looking for happened to be at the bottom of the quicksand pit they fell into. By accident, yes. By accident in a planet full, what I have to assume is full of quicksand. Pits. <laughs> so, my simp- my simple fix for this is is I got two. Take your pick. One, the quicksand is not stationary. It's flowing. It's the, this planet has quicksand rivers. That will suck you under like a riptide and take you to like one central, um, I, I'm like not a quicksand ocean, guy. <laughs> a quicksand ocean, right? Um, or takes you to some caves where it peters out and spits everything out at these caves. Um, and that just would make sense that like okay, well this guy also fell into a different quicksand pit with his right. you know, speeder right. bike, but that's how it all ends up in the same place geographically. That just makes more sense, or finn and poe fall into quicksand they're already mourning the loss of chewbacca <laughs> or not the lost one but the fact that he's been you know we don't know where he is finn and poe are like, oh my god we're in quicksand Rey is trying to save them just as she like begins to pull them out and save them a big fuck you snake monster comes grabs her she gets one good nick in with her lightsaber, it starts bleeding, and it drags her away to some caves, where it takes all of the weird treasures it finds, like this guy's bike and whatever
0: it, other... It basically daughter. does what the, what the wampa does in on Hoth with Luke.
1: Exactly. Exactly! <laughs> I had forgotten about the wampa, thank you, yeah. Um, Finn and Poe follow the trail of blood, and when they get there, they expect to see her eaten, they expect to see whatever, but she has healed this creature from the, the wound she gave it and is showing her like sensitivity to like, Oh, you can heal with the force the force, you can transfer life energy. Also look at all this crazy junk in here. Bunch of fun callbacks, bunch of other, you know, um, shit. And Hey, there's a speeder bike and a, a sword. I think the dagger was down there. I forget yep. which MacGuffin was. It, in was, it. The, it was the knife, yeah. <laughs> so many MacGuffins. It was the dagger. Yeah. So, um, that's just the quicksand thing. Chat my ass. And that's
0: two fixes. I'm, I'm just going to circle around that, uh, that, quicksand thing, because they're on the third desert planet we see in this movie. Uh-huh. Could we maybe make it I- literally anything else? Because we see a flashback to who in this movie, she goes to Tatooine in this movie, and they're on another desert planet. It's just nothing but desert planets. Give us a different biome, please. It could have been a swamp, it could have been... Uh, it could have been forests. Hoth? It could have been. A, it could have been an ice field. It could have been an ocean. It could have been literally anything other than the third desert planet we see in this movie.
1: <laughs> but this one is hoodoos and little elephant people, so it's different. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Haven't seen a savanna planet. Give me a savanna. Yeah, planet. yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Could it have been on um, Gungan? Could it have been I, like?
0: Or, or whatever Naboo. the planet, yeah, sure. Why not bring back Naboo?
1: Right. Yeah. Why not? Yeah, That's where Palpatine
0: comes from. Give us some Naboo, sure. Yeah. Explore, yeah. explore his background if you're going to bring it back. I
1: forgot Palpatine's from Naboo. Yeah, there you go. It all.
0: Good old Sheev Palpatine. Um. Before we jump into our uh, uh a uh, quicksand that is our listener quicks- comments. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: Listener comments. Any other any other fixes, gang?
0: Now I think we we oh, took I'm, a good. I'm crack sure at I've it. got
2: tons, but like, yeah, I think I think uh, I'm pretty happy with how it all worked out, so the way that all came together. So, I mean, obviously, yeah. it's not we don't have uh, we don't necessarily have a, a straight pitch, but I think a lot of the ideas that were being tossed around were were
0: pretty solid. Yeah, we we broad strokes fixed some of the the major problems.
2: Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. I think that like, I mean, there's there's enough bones there that you could start pecking away at like. Um, you know, with the broad strokes, but also you want, like, just and some themes, some themes of redemption and mm-hmm. some themes, you know. So, like, yeah, there, I, I think that's that would be good enough to sort of start building off of it. Because um, what, what is there is, is terrible.
1: <laughs> yeah. And we only, I mean, we only have so much yeah, of our yeah. precious time. We can't, we don't have time to get into a, a horse led charge for a stationary homing beacon or yeah. a control beacon. Like, you know, horses on the side of a spaceship. Um, Yeah, it makes sense. uh, But of course, we have all of your listener comments. Oh, boy, did you have thoughts as well? And we are grateful and glad uh, that you contributed to them. And we get to share them with everybody now.
0: Yeah, just Uh, FYI, um, we often try to fit in every listener comment, but we got so many this time that it has been truncated a little, especially in places where people maybe were saying the same things as others. So if you don't hear your note... (laughs) Our apologies. This is one of those rare times where we just had, we. it would have been a whole podcast of just listener notes. Yeah, mm-hmm. easily.
1: Uh, when we do solicit them, even if we don't read yours today, we do want you to, to hit us with them. So follow us uh, uh, at I Have Some Notes on Facebook and at I Have Some Notes on Twitter. And then I Have Some Notes pod on Instagram. Let's get into it tech says there's not enough time to consolidate a list if i skip lunch breaks i can probably get you a 10k dissertation by the end of the w- 10k word dis- dissertation by the end of the week but it would not be comprehensive and would only bring up an ewoks battle of endor level of quality <laughs> um, so to that end attack did eventually write uh, uh some thoughts and we we uh quite like them want you to read them too so we will link to those in the show notes but yeah, there's there's lots. No Ewoks in this movie. Speaking oh, there, me, was. there are absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, right at the end, they wave <laughs> at the sky. I want <laughs> meaning meaningful Ewok action. More Gungans, more Ewoks. No huts. No huts. Yeah, that was the, the one. That was that
2: was the one area they showed restraint. <laughs> okay, hang on.
1: This just no Twi'leks. No. Um, uh, whatever Greed, Greedo is.
0: Herodian. Um What? Rodian. I'm that kind like, of nerd, yes. <laughs>
1: no, but that's a, weirdly, it's light on civilian a- aliens, this movie.
0: Yeah, and a lot of what they do, really, through this entire trilogy, with the exception of a, a very small handful, it's all new aliens. You don't really see aliens from either the original or prequel trilogy it's just let's let's make up something new and on the one hand it makes the galaxy feel bigger but it also it it makes it feel less cohesive if that makes sense
3: because mm-hmm.
0: you don't it I'm used to seeing kind of the same background characters and I don't really see any of them in this movie like we're in a different corner galaxy. of the galaxy completely divorced from what happened before
1: yeah. yeah, there's no, there's no like, tavern scene to really be like, look at all these weird aliens in one place. Like, Kajimi barely has that.
2: Yeah. yeah you're yeah.
1: not there long enough to really get a sense of who lives there at all. I mean, but then also, if we're there, yeah. Babu Frick lives there, and frankly, I want a whole movie of Babu Frick, so... <laughs> um. So, oh, I love him, and then also <laughs> Babu Frick, adorable, and then Baby Yoda. In the same way, Mandalorian steals this movie's thunder. Baby Yoda steals all of Babu Frick's thunder. Yep, sure does. Uh, Munzi says, "I mean, spend less time apologizing for Last Jedi and more time being a movie." Is that too broad? No, it's. I would agree. Pointed, yeah,
2: <laughs> yeah. I mean, I I think that's definitely a failure of the of the trilogy as a whole. Is that they they definitely feel like. Um, angry responses to one another in some ways. So.
3: <laughs>
1: yeah. At DMAH, I don't know if that's Dima or an acronym, but at Dima says, mute the dialogue and just have Duel of the Fates looped for two hours. <laughs> bum, 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 bum,
0: bum.
2: Uh, it is the most baller tune, I think, out of all the Star Wars
1: tunes.
0: I don't think it would help it make more sense. Okay.
1: <laughs> Just... <laughs> it might make it more enjoyable though. It's a complete non sequitur but I need to share it. Um you know how like when you, you you have the same password for things uh and you get pretty good at typing it like even better than you are at regular typing, you can kind of bang your password mm-hmm. out pretty quickly muscle memory. Mm-hmm. One of the ones I use is a five-letter word uh twice, like two times in a row. And when I type it it goes click 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 click, click, click. <laughs> and every time I type that password, I hear of the Faith. It's like one two three five letters, one two three five letters. <laughs> uh If you want that password, send me your best phishing email. If you know you catch. <laughs> 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 Nathan Martin says uh, Have a plan at the beginning Even if it's just a skeleton Know where your three main characters are going From the beginning of the trilogy uh, There are a lot of fun parts in this movie But it's the only movie where our three main characters Are together Are there
0: fun parts in this movie Nathan? Are there? <laughs> Dave, Scott they fly now Oh it, yeah fair Somehow uh, Palpatine like, has
1: returned <laughs> <laughs> Like here's a, uh, This is Nathan continuing like, here's a question that has nothing to do with this movie, but it's indicative of how these movies were made. In Force Awakened, Finn helps Poe escape the bad guys at the beginning. Their TIE fighter crashes on not Tatooine. Where does Poe go? Finn gets up, finds Poe's jacket, but where is Poe? He just magically shows up in the next wing later. I'm going to shut up
0: now. Now, Nathan, you've fallen into the trap of trying to fix... Th- a different movie than the movie we're fixing, <laughs> and this was the trap that we were worried we were going to fall into. We were going to end up trying to fix the whole trilogy. No, we're just fixing this movie.
2: <laughs> well, I think his point stands because a lot of that is is in this movie. Like a That's lot of fair. the flaws from uh, the Force Awakens are magnified tenfold in the Rise of Skywalker. For sure, just like yeah. a lot, yeah. You know, just like um, you know, uh, plot threads just going a mile a minute because that does happen in the Force Awakens. It just like it happens. Right before they go to the whatever it is the 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 star killing or system killing planet, like all that like once they're making their plans to go and stuff like that, that stuff happens really really quickly and a lot of things are introduced dropped really fast and the movie starts falling apart a little bit. So you can kind of see the bones of of the
1: failures start in the early in the trilogy. I'm, I, I I I might be wrong. Please correct me if I'm wrong. But are there any such sort of unearned contrivances in the last Jedi. The only one I can think of, and it doesn't even feel that egregious is they get thrown in the slammer on the, um, casino planet. And Benicio del Toro is just there to be like, yeah, I can help you.
2: Uh, yeah, no, I can't, I can't think of like, just like things that are like super convenient.
1: Um, I mean, the the blue milk was pretty handy, but I don't think that's the convenient we're looking for. <laughs> yeah,
2: no, I, I I think just because they're a lot they're they're much more stationary and where they're at in that movie. So like, yeah, they don't have to they don't meet people
1: by coincidence all that much. Yeah, yeah, I I'm I even watching it a second time. I wasn't quite as good as I remember it, but I think I'm I'm going down as a Last Jedi apologist. <laughs> I that movie is OK by me. Alan Gould says. Commit to the overall arc. Episodes 4 through 6, Empire and Sith are evil and bad. Episodes 1 and three, oh, the Republic and the Jedi weren't that great either. 7 to 9, so what's the balance of the third path? They kill
2: each other. They chop each other's heads off. Well, especially (laughs) because
0: the First Order is like, but what if the Empire and the Sith weren't bad and evil? And that's... Like it's weird and reactionary, but there's no real response to it from the resistance, except I guess we're just the rebellion again. You're Alan makes an interesting point. Like the the f- last three movies could be about finding a new third path forward, and they're not because they're too wrapped up in first of all, being more of what already happened, and then second of all, yeah. being a refutation of that, and then being a refutation of that refutation
2: yeah <laughs> it, it might be it might be a lot more heady than than what star where Star Wars is willing to go but I I, I think that it makes a certain amount of sense to sort of ask the you know because the movie does like the trilogy does ask the question of like how good were the Jedi really right because you know Luke is that's where Luke is in in the last Jedi where he's he's saying like you know we we lost like we, or, or like where did where did the Jedi really get us? You know they they, they got he us says the Empire. multiple yeah and he says multiple times that that the Jedi need to end right and that yeah you know and to a certain extent like the way that we've sort of like come up with the idea for the the film that's sort of what we've done is that the that that the Jedi and the Sith come to an end and that is what restores pal- balance and peace to the galaxy
1: or even just the idea that like this the jedi are the the harbinger they're the party of family values like the <laughs> um that they're the word jedi and the word the light side are synonymous and it's like the jedi can die the light side of the force will live on mm-hmm. yeah and that's and that's maybe what that balance is right like what we're gonna find balance of the force is like it's not about sith and jedi it's about kylo and ray light side and dark side a little bit of both a little bit of gray either killing each other or holding hands and cooperating
2: mm-hmm yeah
1: yeah mikey wood says first of all ray is a clone that's what her version in last jedi was saying she's one of many
3: mm.
2: <laughs> yeah, uh, so, sure. so so i think if you're reading that scene very literally then you can maybe pull that out of it uh what I think I read out of that scene is that Ray doesn't know who she is. And therefore there are many, there are many versions of Ray, right. That she's seeing of herself and uh, they're not really all that different, but, but you're the audience themselves that would be asking which one of these is the real Ray out of the visual, like who's the real one. Right. So, and, and that's what she's asking herself is like, who am I? Which one of me is, you know, the real Ray. So yeah, I mean, it, it, I guess like if you want to take it literally, I, yeah, sure, she she could be a clone. For, for I mean, that certainly is uh, how reductive and stupid Star Wars has gotten. So yeah, why not? <laughs> Ray is a clone.
0: <laughs> I don't know how that Steps serves a a, serves a, a plot in this movie though. Like, mm. so there's more rays running around, and now we're what orphan black? Like I don't I don't know. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, yeah. Um. Ben Yendel says what I said at the
0: start This movie's problems can be
1: Really nailed down to bullet point form (laughs) So uh, Ben says No Poe as a spice runner, no Palpatine, no Ray Palpatine Have a Sith fleet or a First Order fleet Choose one, agreed Uh, Do the Stormtrooper rebellion That's hinted at, agreed Have have villain deaths Mean something, Hux, Kylo, anybody No CGI Leia Uh, Better climactic fight choreography And no fake out deaths I will say
2: with the CGI Leia, I was surprised at how well it was pulled off um, for as little as she's in the movie. Like it, I know they're using archive footage as well, um, but I f- I didn't really feel like it hit the uncanny valley. Maybe in the young scene a tiny bit, but they were do- they did that smart where they did the flashback and they were fight- they were training with one another, uh, and mm-hmm. they did it in the dark. So that the so that you can minimize how the, the sort of uncanny valiness of it, right? So yeah. Um, yeah,
0: I I don't have a problem with a fake out death, especially in a Star Wars movie. The problem is it's way overused in this movie. There's like six of them, and there it nothing lingers. Nobody has an opportunity to even really deal with these deaths. Uh, in every case, the person dies or effectively dies and then within five minutes they're better um like Mm -hmm. even chewbacca we don't even get a real fake out because literally the next scene is oh he's okay and we know that and then and because we know that the movie assumes that the characters don't need to deal with it so the characters don't really acknowledge his death or come have to come to grips with that or wrestle with it in any way because we the audience know he's not dead so it doesn't matter that the characters have to have a journey about it
2: (laughs) I think that really my biggest problem with that particular scene is that there's there's no uh, foreshadowing for the audience that that could be the case because you only ever see one transport. Oh yeah, it's I'm super cheap, of, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so like you, so that the audience is just convinced. That, so so what happens is when you get to Chewie uh, being still alive, it's actually really confusing why he's still alive because you've never you never even seen the slightest kiss of a hint that he could be alive,
1: right? Um, yes. Yeah, so. well, fun, fun. Yeah. Funny. She mentioned that because our next commenter, Chris, actually has a counterpoint to all of this. Chris says counterpoint: there should have been even more fake-out deaths. Every character should have been given a tearful death scene, only to pop up five minutes later saying, "Oh, uh, what was that? A different? Sh- oh, I was on a different ship. Uh, I uh, had backup. Just got back from the bathroom. What I missed." <laughs> um, and so.
0: and yeah. here's, the, but here's the thing, Chris. Counterpoint to your counterpoint. Nobody had a tearful death scene because, as I previously established, <laughs> yeah. it's all. It, nobody actually acknowledges or grieves any of these losses because we, the audience, know that they're not real, and so the characters don't have to bother with it. So there yeah, are no uh, tearful deaths. Maybe
1: not nobody, but just just like the thing with with. Um... Finn and, and the other lady talking about their time as Stormtroopers, it gets two or three lines. Like, literally, Ray's like, I did that. I blew up Chewie. And then that's that's the morning. Well, get over Coming it. Over, moving on, on we go. Yep. Yeah. Two idiots and a dog comments You cannot fix Rise of Skywalker without first fixing The Last Jedi, which you fix by punting Ryan Johnson to the curb and using a unified creative team for the entire trilogy. Oh, and stab Abrams every time he tries to change something because fans guess the big reveal. Um,. Even even if I'm not a Last Jedi apologist, I don't need, think we need to kick Ryan <laughs> or stab
0: JJ. Um, also, a very violent pitch. Also, I mean <laughs> the the problems don't stem from the Last Jedi, as we previously established. They stem from the Force Awakens. Um, mm-hmm. As, as Greg was pointing out before, like you can see a lot of these problems germinating there originally. So you, yeah. you kind of have to start at the very beginning in that case. I do 100% agree you need a, a unified creative team for the trilogy. They should have stuck with the same director and they should have stuck with an overarching plan right from the start. Whether that's JJ, whether that's Ryan, whether that's somebody else entirely, one guy holding the reins the whole time is better than just randomly popping it off Marvel style because marvel at the very least it's all self-contained stuff in this case you're actually trying to tell a unified story you you can't mm-hmm. do that the same i do have a pitch okay oh,
2: uh, sorry i was go just gonna say that, like one of the problems with the force awakens is that jj uh, abrams didn't do any didn't do ryan johnson any favors in terms of like teeing things up for him because they knew that this was going to be a trilogy and yet he did he just redid a new hope which was parts. a standalone movie right it's like yeah. it you know it, so you get to see ray become a of like a full-on jedi essentially by the end of the end of the movie so like that's gone um you like the uh they the,
0: blow up star killer base
2: yeah the, yeah they blow up the star killer base they 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 do all of that stuff so like when you get to uh the 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 last jedi it's like okay well now I've got to make some pretty bold decisions in order to set this trilogy uh-huh. apart because we've just spent because, like, otherwise, what am I going to do? Am I going to make Empire Strikes Back again? Yeah. That's not really ideal.
0: Yeah, and I mean, even... And this might be apocryphal, but I seem to recall that Lucas even said, had he known that he was going to be making sequels of the original Star Wars movie at the time he made it, he might have saved blowing up the Death Star for a second or third movie. He sure, wouldn't have, yeah. He wouldn't have like, he wouldn't have spent that right away because that's the big thing, right? Yeah. Um, and J.J. just does that <laughs> he doesn't learn that lesson he he spends an entire trilogy in one movie knowing that this was supposed to be a trilogy
1: uh, I do have a if you are going to have three like JJ Ryan Johnson and you have a instead of going back to JJ bring in a third guy and I was trying to think like who would you bring in who has a good sense of storytelling and a deep love of Star Wars that would want to see it through to the end and this this might be a hot take, but let Kevin Smith take a crack at it. You want a redemption arc? <laughs> I bet Kevin Smith would have would have made a better Rise of Skywalker. Yeah, it wouldn't be hard. <laughs> well, that's fair. Good point.
0: Yeah. Um, Abrams would have made a better I mean, one if
1: they'd given him a couple more months. We've
0: discovered that Favreau knows how to make a pretty good Star Wars. Yeah, sure. Maybe yeah. give him a trilogy. Jo- don't call joss whedon I, I, e. I, honestly D- as far D- as directors D- go
2: like cares. i would i would love to see like a denny villeneuve version of uh <laughs> star wars I think that well, that you're be really just cool. saying that because <laughs> of dune <laughs> well i mean maybe maybe we already got to see it that's fair <laughs> yeah. uh but yeah like you know his, his aesthetic and style sort of like suits that kind of gritty sci-fi so um, i mean i'm sure he would have made it look absolutely
1: gorgeous at the very least uh, we're, we're only about halfway through these <laughs> comments, so we're going to keep it moving. Um, Robin, uh, uh, Robin, who I saw the movie with, Robin, not the Robin uh scott's on the movie with <laughs> both friends of the show uh says uh i genuinely have an entire treatment for what i would do with this movie that just lives in my brain in short treat leia and kylo similar to uncle iroh and zuko in avatar the last airbender leia gets captured by the first order early on and sud- uh, subtly motivates kylo's redemption arc while remaining largely unseen by the audience in the end kylo must team up with Rey and the resistance to break leia out and restore uh, in a rescue plot that mirrors a new hope. Meanwhile, Finn gets to actually resolve his arc and lead a stormtrooper uprising. We also explore the relationship, uh, his relationship with Rose, which Poe is jealous of
0: because he's gay as hell. in this. As version. well. He yeah. should be. Don't be afraid of having a gay character, star Wars. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and not just, Maybe and not just a background.
0: J. J. Abrams too, yeah. And not like, not just a background gay character who has a kiss that you yeah. can cut out for the Chinese audiences. Yeah. Um, I, I will say this. Um, Robin is correct in that Zuko is a great example of a character who rejects regem- redemption and then still finds redemption. Like he he rejects the call, realizes the mistake and and makes the turn and has to deal with the consequences of having rejected the turn initially, making it harder for himself. That's actually great a a great parallel. Uh taking taking kind of like the Zuko archetype and sticking that on Kylo could work here. Uh, So that's actually really smart. And I kind of like that.
1: A couple more. um, Can I
2: just uh, say just before we move on, like it it bothers me that like uh, JJ Abrams went to the, the trouble of like definitely making Poe straight. Or at least by. I guess you don't really know. But, like, it's it's just it, – like, because he kind of – there's there's kind of stuff in his versions of the um the of the Star Trek movies that are kind of like that, too, where they, like, all the characters have to have – they have to be oogling after a woman of some sort at some point. Um, and it's just kind of, like, in his – in his filmography and it kind of bothers me that it's there and like especially with the internet going around being like hey just make them just make poe and finn gay uh and and to like straight up just ignore that that call and just to like almost throw it in people's face like now we're not going to do that here's here's a lady that he's been with it it feels (laughs) petty and cheap and annoying like i just i
1: hate that he did that And to cut Kelly Marie Tran out, because like we do listen to some parts of the internet, just not the gay parts, like (laughs) the gay fan fiction. Tumblr, quiet. 4chan, we'll listen. I also um,
0: just uh, as an aside, want to point out that it's interesting to me that so many people have mentioned what Greg mentioned, the Stormtrooper uprising. Like it's such an obvious plot thread, and it was not, Done. It's so amazing yeah. that so many people are just like, "Why wasn't there a stormtrooper uprising? Wasn't that the whole point of Finn?"
2: <laughs>
0: yeah, I think I should credit like the
2: our listeners because it, it, they they put that idea in my brain after reading most of their comments. Like, and I like I, je- I think I always kind of liked that idea and was uh, not enamored that it, it wasn't explored at all. But yeah, credit to the listeners
1: on that. Um. So I was gonna say uh, we have another sort of like. Pitch for how you'd fully fix it uh, Which I love uh, And I really like this this pitch as well From Dan Brodrib. It uh, says Mine would be a commercial disaster But it would follow up on the path that Last Jedi laid down um, With both the First Order and the Resistance in shambles After a space chase that gained nothing But left both factions much, much worse off than when they started The galaxy profoundly uninterested In yet another round of intergenerational Skywalker-on-Skywalker-violence Uh, attempt to move on. Uh, Kylo, Hux, and the First Order, inexperienced, undisciplined, and desperate to be capital T taken capital S seriously, embark on a lunatic plan so destructive no one in the galaxy believes anyone would be stupid enough to try, and anyone stupid enough to try is surely too stupid to succeed. Uh, That leaves the remains of the Resistance as the sole force of opposition, with nothing but a ragtag crew of misfits and a few conveniently placed beloved legacy characters Ray, Finn, Poe, and Rose, and Rose, like that note, <laughs> must stop the First Order once and for all. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like what you were talking about earlier, like bringing the stakes down a bit. Yeah. Like focusing it in a little more. Yeah. I, Instead of going I, I, bigger. I like small stakes in most of my
2: movies. Um, I just, I think it's it's better, for, especially if you want to do some character-driven stuff. I think that it just, it's just better. I like J.J. J. Arum's instinct to like constantly up the stakes. I don't know. Like, I, I just don't know why filmmakers think of stakes in that way. Like they, it's gotta be bigger. Like, it, no, it has to be, a, it has to have an emotional resonance. That's what the mm-hmm. fuck bigger stakes is. So the, the, the emotion
1: has to scale with the size of the blue laser hitting the sky. Yeah. Exactly. Like, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Lev Rockne, again, friend of the show, says, Axe Palpatine, Snoke turns out to be a 3,400 year old Sith Lich the big reveal is that Snoke created Anakin and that Anakin was never
0: the chosen one. The person who is actually supposed to bring balance to the force is Ray.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I
0: mean, that's similar to the, the Lich thing that we hit upon, uh, except in our version, Snoke is just the next iteration of Palpatine. Who's now ghosting around looking for a new host.
1: Yeah. I'm really liking this idea of the, 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 crystallizing single Sith, and then the, Yeah. I'm, I'm. I was. Uh, I'm really pleased we stumbled on that. Uh, Andrew Craig says, "Is do it differently a valid critique?" I really liked the new characters and everything. I just wish I looked. I just wish it looked forward and was brave enough to move past the nostalgia. And this is coming from a very nostalgic person into something new. Yeah, I'd be inclined to regre- agree. Uh, carries on. I am not one that really hates the new trilogy, but it's frustrating how there are glimpses of good ideas. The end of Rise of Skywalker attempts to go full circle. It ends where episode three four. it ends where <laughs> Roman numerals sometimes will get you. Uh, it ends where episode four starts. There's a cyclical component to the storytelling, good or bad. Resolving that cycle, to me, would mean Vader slash Anakin's family finally becomes free of the past and prophecy, etc. Kylo and Ray both survive and face hopeful futures rather than the cliche we got. Yes, Kylo did terrible things, so did Vader, but he never got the chance to experience real redemption. That's a more interesting path than he died because he did bad things.
0: Yeah, the the easiest and cheapest redemption is redemption equals death is what they call the trope where i've i've now redeemed myself but i have to die because that way i don't have to deal with the consequences of my past actions it's super lazy kylo having yeah. to survive and build something new on the on the ruins of all the stuff that he destroyed is far more damning to him personally and makes for a much more challenging journey for him than just passing into the force and being absolved of all of his sins um, so I would agree that that's actually definitely a more daring choice is he redeems himself but he doesn't get he doesn't get the uh, the easy way out by being able to die in his redemption he actually has to work for it yeah he
1: has to live every day fit, being better it. yeah alright we've uh, got about 14 more listener comments to go ahead. no just kidding we're, we're done we're done we're done <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, everyone who submitted. Sorry we couldn't get to everyone. There's just way too much good stuff. Uh, in particular, we also want to highlight Sean McKnight, who wrote a very interesting pitch for Rise of Skywalker that we recommend reading. Uh, just like uh, the first comment there from our pal Tack, we will link that in the show notes. Yeah,
0: also uh quick shout out. I did mention that there was a video earlier that uh, I referenced, and I'm I'm going to recommend it here. It's called How Bad Movies Are Made Featuring the Rise of Skywalker. Seek it out on YouTube. It's a really, really good breakdown on how this movie kind of got made from us, from from like a production standpoint, from the original script to what was on screen, and how those decisions were made from someone who's made films perspective, and it was very enlightening, and I, I highly mm-hmm. recommend it.
1: It's worth sticking with. To uh, Scott sent it, and I did watch all of it, and I also recommend it. Um, my only criticism for that particular video is it doesn't. I was kind of wondering where he was going, and it wasn't until about the one hour mark where I'm like, "Oh, okay, <laughs> <laughs> this is enlightening and interesting." But I would have just liked to have been primed for exactly where he was going yeah. with it. So,
0: but it is. Um, it is worth worth it very much. Definitely, so. it 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 gives you an idea of. The kind of decisions that can ruin a movie that are made in a vacuum without the intention of ruining that movie. And, like, the Jenga, the sort of, like,
1: the, the, the dominoes analogy of, like, you move one thing and all and it sorts just all of stuff falls just apart. starts to unravel. Yeah. yeah. yeah.
2: Yeah, I think anyone who's done any sort of like writing and uh, narrative story, like you know, they you're all, all too familiar with like, well, I need to change this, and then then all of a sudden, like, well, shit, <laughs> everything else that I've done is now has to be re rewatt or uh, reevaluated.
1: Uh, and that has been not just this episode of uh, covering Rise of Skywalker, uh, but our season uh, for another year. Thank you so much, everyone, for listening. Um, if you haven't done so yet. If you were here at the end of the season and I still need to implore you to give us a review, a subscription, whatever call to action happens to be on your podcatcher, please please do that now. It's your last chance, except it's not. You can do it anytime,
0: <laughs> uh, but please do it now. Thank you. Uh, you know what a lot of people said when they watched The Rise of Skywalker, they came out of the theater and said that's a thing. And wouldn't you know it, that's also the name of a podcast on the Alberta Podcast Network. It's a guide to teens, tweens, and everything under 20 hosted by Elizabeth and her mom, Karen. And that is Karen Unland, the founder of the Alberta Podcast Network. You can, of course, check that out right now at albertapodcastnetwork.com.
2: And season's over. Seven seasons of this nonsense. (laughs) that we've been doing it was it was a super fun season and and we hope you guys have a have a great summer while you're having that great summer please think about movies that we can fix in season eight that would be great and then send them to us on twitter facebook or or instagram whatever
0: is your social media of choice yeah we had a lot of fun with this with this season taking the listener requests and i think we're definitely sticking with that at least for one more go (laughs) <laughs> yeah. nice, nice, big, juicy list to pick from also just makes,
1: makes our choosing process a little easier, too, so we don't have to sit there trying to convince each other to watch movies we don't want to watch. <laughs> uh, until then, I'm your host, Liam Kreswick. I'm Scott C. Bourgeois. I'm Greg Beaver. Keep watching the Star Wars.
3: Or don't.